Welcome to the biggest problem in the universe. I'm Maddox. With me is Dick Masterson. Hey, what's up, buddy? So this episode, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, we have Ryan Holiday. Now, he is the directing marketer for American Apparel, the director of marketing, uh, rather, mm-hmm. for American Apparel. And he has a huge body of work. He's written two books. Some of your work has been used for case studies for, for Google, for YouTube, and, uh, and even Twitter has used your work for, for case studies. Yes. Even Twitter. Yeah. Wow. I should, I should have, like, reversed that order because Google's more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've worked with Tim Ferriss, the author of The 4-Hour Workweek, mm-hmm. uh, Tucker Max, which many of my, my listeners know, um, and even uh, Robert Greene, the author of 48 Laws of Power and Mastery. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Yeah. I know that one. Yeah. It's a big deal, man. And your own books, uh, you, you have the best-selling Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Media Manipulator, and The Obstacle is the Way, The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph. So uh, say welcome, hello. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. I've been a big fan for a really long time. I read your stuff when I was in high school. Were you talking to me or Maddox? Definitely and not there. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you. My friends had that sticker in the back of their pickup truck. Oh yeah, my uh, my Maddox logo sticker. That's mm-hmm. cool. Just uh, they don't know. They didn't know that you knew that you knew me. Well, I didn't then, but now I do. So we we got introduced through my editor, uh, who was also Tucker Max's editor and. Dick's editor. That's yep. how we're all we're all kind of friends together. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Ruby Strauss. He mm-hmm. worked on all our books together. Yeah, and you helped uh, market Tucker's book. Is that, is that yeah? Correct? Yeah, I think that's how we finally got introduced. Did He's you the Godfather on? of Fratire, Jeremy Ruby Strauss, right? I guess, yeah. And a bunch of other huge books. I mean, he's like the guy behind the guy on like a million huge books. He's done. He's done everything. Like he's he's one of the few people who I can genuinely say gets it. Like in the publishing industry, mm-hmm. which is very rare. Um, so, and that's, that's how you, did you work, you didn't work on Tucker's movie, just his, just. No, I worked on the movie too. Oh, the the movie as well. Cool. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you for for coming. We, uh, uh, this is our very, um, our very second guest. I cannot wait to see your problem. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be great. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's get to the comments from. No, wait, who won? Who won last Uh, week? Okay. Yeah. Number one last week was nepotism. (sighs) Yeah. All right. Big problem. Followed by the Parents Television Council. God damn it. Two for me. And then your shitty passengers problem, Dick, which you didn't even mention a single shitty passenger. You. <laughs> I'm a great passenger. I save lives. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and my Jennifer Lawrence's tits. Jennifer Lawrence's tits. Yeah. Well, which a lot of people called you out on for, for uh, they, didn't, they didn't like the phrasing of that problem. It's kind of uh, vulgar. All right. Well, no. whatever. I lost. You lost. So let's I get- don't need to know why I lost. Uh, I just, just need to know that I lost. I mean, uh, why is not important. You're not going to learn anything from no, it. No, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. All right, so I got some comments. Uh, this one's from Buddy Wagner. He says, Dick, dude, Nick Cage sucks hardcore donkey nuts. I've actually seen Nick Cage fight through a crowd of people to get at a huge donkey scrotum and choke it down. <laughs> Watching that was better than all of his movies put together. Really? You that? What's that guy's name? His name is... Uh, Buddy Wagner or Wagner. Buddy Wackett. You didn't like <laughs> Con Air. You can honestly say that Con Air wasn't like one of the best movies you've ever seen. That's a lie. That's well, false. Dick, he didn't parse his words here. He said he. The Rock? The Rock is yeah. not Donkey Scrotum. The no. Rock is a great movie. I don't know. He said he's seen all his movies and he'd rather watch Nick Cage suck a big Donkey Scrotum. So it says he didn't parse his words. What Has he seen National Treasure? No. Also uh, good. All three of them. Are they, are they really? Well, is this bullshit or are they really good? I kind of think it's bullshit now that all three of them come. <laughs> <laughs> I got a comment for you. Uh, yeah. Kyle Tarsia. Mm-hmm. Nepotism is only flawed when someone unqualified is the only one benefiting. For instance, the only reason Dick is on the podcast with Maddox is because of nepotism. So <laughs> he's got you there. You know, Dick, I actually brought that same comment in. <laughs> uh, and I was going to say that maybe he's right. You know, you are on the show because of nepotism. So maybe we should have an, a formal interview process with all oh, the listeners. Uh, okay, let me, let me tell you something, Kyle, <laughs> and anyone else who thinks that. If it wasn't for me, this would just be a figment of Maddox's imagination. Uh, just like every amazing idea uh, this guy has, mm. it takes some asshole to squeeze it out of him. Yeah, yeah, well, there's, a, there's some history back there. We have six, actually, this is, this is kind of, we've never talked about this, but we have six previously recorded episodes that we shot that we recorded a year ago before we actually relaunched this which is actually something they say that all podcasts should do record six episodes and throw them away because they're probably going to be shit it's like the same thing with writing you shouldn't like if you're publishing everything you write you're not holding yourself to a high enough standard absolutely 
Absolutely. That's that's. I did a Reddit. Uh, excuse me. I did a Reddit AMA. Uh, ask me anything, and people were saying were asking me why my content isn't as prolific as other writers. I sure. said, look, nobody cares if you publish a hundred different articles. They only care about the one or two good ones. Right. Harper Lee wrote one book. Yeah. I think also the reason you're not as prolific as other writers okay. is because of Dark Souls <laughs> and Dark Souls Two. <laughs> Just to be uh, fair, it's okay. <laughs> That's fa- that is fair, actually. Not quality control so much as Dark Souls. Yep. Well, so you read my nepotism comment. I got one from Ryan Williams Smale. He says, "Thanks for the good show and thanks for the audiobook. I got the Mountain of Madness because it sounds like the tape from Evil Dead." So that was just uh, this guy talking about one of the books he got from uh, from you know cool. our new our new sponsor. What do you what do you have? Uh, let's see. I got. Um Ben West, Dick, you need to marry that Korean woman. You aren't going to find any better than that on Tinder. That's probably true. Yeah. Although, I think I saw her on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, you so. Know, I, you know, I was talking to her about Tinder today. Yeah. Uh, she goes, it's just for hookups. And I was like, ah, uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. No. Um, I got one from Nobody Really. Um, <clears throat> it's got to be a, a real name on this one. He just asks, whose phone kept ringing the whole show? It wasn't mine. Dick, do you know anything about that? Sean? No. Dick's phone was vibrating. Dick's phone was no, vibrating. No, it wasn't. It was. My it vi- phone was not vibrating. It vibrated Dick, twice. it was like an earthquake yeah. over what here. What the fuck is this? It With did. your fucking vibrations the entire time. Because I, I mixed the thing and it was, uh, yeah. yeah, I heard it a Why do you think times. it was, why do you automatically assume it was mine? Because it was sitting it right was next to your, your hand. No, this is, it was Sean's. This is exactly what Sean would do if his, his he jumped right in with Dick, it was mine. I saw it on the table. It was vibrating the entire show. This is unbelievable. My phone's on silent behind me. Yeah. My it's, phone's on do not disturb. My phone's yeah, in the toilet. Hmm, hey, we got odd. a uh, moving along. Yeah, we got a really awesome fan art. Okay, did you yeah. guys see this? I woke up. I woke up uh, still drunk, like in the middle of the morning, and found this pop up on my Twitter, and it was like the awesomest thing I'd ever seen. I retweeted it immediately. Sean, have you seen this? No. Here, check it out. Uh, it's it was made by a dude named Tim, French guy, a mm-hmm. cup of Tim, a cup of Tim.com, and on Twitter at a cup of Tim. It's awesome. He's got the he's got our problems on there. I guess we're having dinner in hell. Yeah, there's every reference to the show ever. Um, show Ryan too. Yeah, that, yeah, we'll we'll post this on the website. Good so likeness. Tim Tim is an illustrator I've known nice. for a long time. I actually met him out in France when I was out there, and he's a really cool dude. Uh, not too cool, but just cool enough. Um, so yeah, it's just he's his work is incredible. I've always been a big fan of his work, and he's been a big fan of mine. So thank you, Tim, uh, for that fan art. Have you ever got creepy fan art before? Yes. Oh my gosh. Like yes. what? Uh, just me in various sexual positions with animals. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I got one one time where, where they were really trying to draw a bad caricature of me, but they like they exaggerated my nose and the circles under my eyes and my baldness. And then uh, I looked at it, I'm like, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> 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 they pretty much nailed me. Um, yeah, anyway. So should we get to the problems? Yep. What do you got this week? The TSA. Transportation Security Administration. That's right. Just making sure. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to make it very simple. Everyone hates them. Everyone thinks they're a joke. I think we all know that. But here's why I brought it in as a problem. Because I realized this week that they ruined planes. They ruined flying. Yeah. They ruined man-powered flight for all of us. (sighs) Yeah. So I was sitting around um, with a bunch of, like, you know, adults. Mm -hmm. Not people older than us in the previous generation. They were telling me that they had a... They got a, uh, a sale one time or something when, like, United Airlines was going global or something like that. And they had tickets where for $700 you could get unlimited flights in, like, 10 days, which seems like it would be awesome. Go wherever you want, wherever they fly for 10 days. And I realized that if the airlines were to do that right now, I wouldn't buy it because the idea of waiting two to three hours and going through all the lines and going through all the TSA bullshit would mm-hmm. completely ruin the experience for me. Yeah. But was that seven hundred dollars in like nineteen fifty-two dollars? So it was really like ridiculously expensive. Ryan, let me tell you something about numbers. I'm not very good with them. <laughs> all right. It could have been. It could have been five hundred. It well, could have been. It, it. Either way, if it was two grand today, would you pay it? Uh, for for unlimited travel, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's actually a good deal, Dick. Right, yeah, that's, that's a great a deal. Really good deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like that's the conversion, right? Two, three thousand dollars. Yeah, no, no, no. Seven hundred dollars in nineteen fifty-two dollars would no, be no, no, like, no, like a the seventies. The seventies. Oh, the seventies. Oh, seventies. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, about two, two, three grand at most. Probably. Right? For three grand, if you go on three flights, you've paid for that. But what other form of transportation is pleasant? I yeah. feel like you're laying something at the, the feet of the TSA that every other form of transportation also fails. No, so this is what you could do before the TSA got there. You just walk on the flight. Yeah, and planes got hijacked all the time, and yeah. then they crashed a bunch of them into buildings this, and mm-hmm. started 10 years of war. Yeah. The TSA is not the TSA. preventing <laughs> that. The TSA is not preventing planes getting hijacked and flying into buildings. I'll tell you what the problem is. It's Canada. Okay, so when I was, when I was going through a, a security check in Canada one time, I walked all the way up to my gate with my luggage in hand, and I realized something's wrong because I still have my luggage. Right. And so I turned around and, and went back to the security station that I somehow just walked past. I said, am I supposed to go through here? They're like, yeah. They said, where'd you come from? I'm like, over there. Like, how'd you get there? I'm like, I just walked past you guys. So uh, I did some research yeah. along those lines. 70% of weapons make it through, TSA. How do they, how do they know the, which weapons got through and didn't right so they yeah. keep all of the internal testing they do on the tsa oh. that's all private oh. by the way yeah. somebody audited them and they found that the tsa was getting alerted when the testing crew the uh the undercover testing crew was coming in to bring their fake weapons on board oh. and test them out so they did a big investigation of this nobody got fired nobody was found to be at fault they raised the contract so that's who's watching the watchers a company that lets them know when they're going to come test them so they don't lose their contract. There's that other stat where it's like the TSA has caught like one terrorist in like 10 years and like 400 TSA agents have been like uh, fired for stealing. Yeah. It's like a ridiculous... So that's a point in your favor. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, but on your, uh, your, your criticism of all forms of travel, they're all pretty... What about bike riding? Do you like bike riding, Ryan? Uh, No, I'm not poor. Okay. (laughs) Or a girl, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I don't live at the beach, and I'm not poor, oh, so I don't ride a bike. He's making me so angry. <laughs> oh, Maddox. He's a huge... You, he's a, you, you ride a bike? I love riding bikes. He's a cyclist. Way, it's the best way around LA. It's the best around... Yeah. yeah, but that's because LA sucks for transportation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I lived in, in like any, any place rural... Like in Utah, I, I hardly ever rode my bike. Sure. Because uh, it was just miserable, and everyone's such an asshole. Um, but out here, you're constantly stuck in gridlock because people like Dick don't use their horns. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big, big horn user. You're honker, thank God. Yes, yeah, smart guy. See Ryan, head of American Apparel, director of marketing, and he uses his horn. Yeah. But do you guys have pre-check? What is do you pre-check? know what pre-check is? Huh. Pre-check lets you skip. You pay like four hundred dollars. You go through a background check. You fi- you get fingerprinted, and then you get a skip. You don't have to take your shoes off. You don't have to take your laptop out, and you go through a shorter line. I thought they were ruining that. Well, they're, they're ruining getting rid it because of that. they let like old people go through sometimes who are like not a threat. But the point is, it's like TSA. Su- this is the genius of government, right? The mm. TSA sucks so hard yeah. that then you can pay to get around it, and then if you have money, you skip it. And like, like it, it. The airport in Austin is like seven minutes from my house, and security takes me about three minutes, so I can I can leave like ten minutes before my flight boards. Oh, that's beautiful. It's amazing. Because you have that pre-check. Because, yeah, I paid for it. And then if you pay for global entry at the same time, then you don't have to go through U.S. Customs when you re-enter the U.S. Oh, which is just the biggest bureaucracy. U.S. Customs is oh, totally. such bullshit. It makes traveling miserable. Everywhere I go in the, in the world, I've never seen a bureaucracy as worse as, as, as America's Customs. It's like almost like a, a mini DMV in the airport. Yeah. Every other customs I go through, anywhere in the world, you just breeze right through. Denmark, right. Sweden, France, you just breeze right through. In America, just stand in this long fucking line, and then they have people barking orders at you. And they never check anything anyway. Right. I, always put, I was just bullshit. I just put down pornography for everything I'm going to declare. And the guy just looks at it. I'm like, yeah, dude, I just got a whole bunch of porn. What are you going to do? It's like, welcome to America, fuck you, waiting in line. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to America, waiting in line. Yeah. We suck. Yeah. But then you go to some crappy country and it's like in and out because they want you to come there. Have you ever traveled in the Middle East? No. Either of you, have you? No. So if you travel in the Middle East, that, that is security like it used to be. They don't, give, they don't check anything. They don't really? give a fuck because they know no one's bombing them, huh? <laughs> right? right? They're no, no one's bombing them. No one's hijacking their shit. Right. They're, so they're just breezing people through. They don't even check. They just, oh, just kind of wave a wand at you. Sure. It beeps. They don't check what beeped. They just keep waving people through. They don't give a shit. Yeah, Middle East is a great place to travel. Yeah, unless you get on some, like, Malaysian air flight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and people were demonizing the pilots for that. Which Because one? they flew over uh, oh, yeah. Ukraine. There were other flights in the area that didn't get shot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Well, I like that too. It's like uh, when that first plane disappeared, we're like mad that that could happen. It's like 50 years ago, like planes were just disappearing all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then now it's like, how dare they? It's yeah. like, that's what happens, man. You're flying a bullet through the sky. Right. Some of them aren't going to land. And the reason it's such big deal, it's such big news is because it happens so infrequently. Sure. No one would cover this if it happened we, every day. How long has Amelia Earhart been missing? Yeah. Why don't you guys find Amelia Earhart and then bitch about Malaysia Airlines? Yeah, right. They've yeah. only had a, like a couple months to search for that one. Yeah, and she was the pilot. You know who to blame there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dick, what what do you what do you propose? Like, what what can be done about this? Like, what what? No, nothing can be done about it. We're screwed. Once you get a government organization going, there's no stopping it. It's like out of control avalanche. What do you think? What do you think about? Uh, prof- I'll tell you what's going to happen. Wait, yeah. What do I think? About what, what? what do you think about profiling? Because they mean? talked about this after 9-11. They said, look, we shouldn't be testing Midwestern grandmas. We shouldn't be yeah. checking kids or any of these people. We should start profiling just people who look uh, uh, sketchy and ethnic. And which, by the way, at, right after 9-11, I got flagged for random searches every single time, like every time I flew. And I went to stand in this line of other people who randomly got flagged, and they all had uh, you know, t- t- tunics and beards and, uh, and weird hats, and they, they, they all looked super Middle Eastern, super ethnic. I'm like, Were oh. you offended by that? As a guy who looked like that, no, did it bother it. you? No, it didn't bother me because I get it. I'm like, all right, you know, if I, if I, if I haven't shaved for a couple of weeks, yeah, go ahead and, and I don't think it would bother me anyway that, either. That's why I don't really care about it. It happened to me. I got the full private room pat down and everything. Well, uh, sorry, Sean. Someone's phone just went off. <laughs> Literally, okay. while you're talking. All right, talking. all right. Hold on. I can explain. I can explain that. <laughs> yeah, I can explain. That I think we one. can all explain. I well, thought, that's I, I guess, thought, guess who just won the race to zero I, credibility? I thought, <laughs> I thought that "do not disturb" meant no buzzing either. Uh, but apparently, on Facebook Messenger, yeah. uh, it doesn't mean that. It goes ahead and buzz you. Do you listen you to anywhere. the podcast at double speed too? Oh, you got it. It runs in the family. Oh, runs in the boy. family. Yeah, it's a, it's the iPhone thing. Actually, I just heard another podcast the other day where the guy was trying to figure out just how to silence his fucking phone, and it took him five minutes and three people to figure out how to just do silence, and that's it. How did he figure it out eventually? Can you they, tell me the they, answer? By no trial. And, <laughs> you want to know? We'll have you to got Google racially it. profiled, Sean. John, yeah. Why would you get? You look like profiled? the whitest Irish. I know. Greek man. I ever. have no idea, other than if anybody's ever been to the Philadelphia airport, they know what I'm talking about. It's just one of the worst airports in America. With I've the, been with, there. I don't remember with it being the worst particularly... people and the worst layout. And yeah, I got the full. They said they detected a foreign substance. What was oh, that? Yeah. Semen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they actually don't know. And then honestly, like the guy, you know, I went in the I went in the room and. Um, they took my shoes and they put them in this like oven looking thing. <laughs> I shit you not. And I said, what are you checking for? And he goes, explosives. <laughs> and I, you know, knowing that I had no explosives on me, yeah. I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's cool. And then the other cop who had to like grab. Not like, cops. What? TSA people, yeah, right? Oh, they yeah, want yeah, you to yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. cops. Right. No, yeah. they're not. Yeah, they're, just, they're just dressed a little different for the people who actually take in the private room, I think. Mm, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, no, you're right. And uh, he like hemmed and hawed about that he had to touch me in my um, my private areas. Like he he was really nervous about it. Like, you know, because probably thought it. You're you know, an attractive guy. You're packing. Well, but, and <laughs> I mean, you are. People don't know. I'm saying that he was probably really nervous about. I'm like, dude, just do what you got to do. Like he thought it was a much bigger deal than me. Like I was like, like I'm not going to get a boner, you know. <laughs> what if he did though? Well, then, you know, I don't know. Then I would have just intentionally missed my flight, I guess. Yeah. To wrap it up, they said, the guy goes, you know, this happens about three times a day. The sensor just goes off and detects a substance <laughs> that isn't there. Huh. Whenever they see someone they want to molest in the back room. I yeah. guess. Which is basically yeah. what happened. Yeah. So anyway, right? yeah, a giggling was, pervert molested you, took your shoes off, probably because he wanted to see your feet. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, it sounds like you were the opposite of racially profiled. Yeah, the dude. machine went off. You're making no, people like me look bad. That's true, actually. The machine uh, dimed me off. You know what? I'll say this, though. <laughs> there are, there are, are an, an, a disproportionate amount of hot black people who work at TSA, right? What the Wait, fuck what? are you talking about? <laughs> Where right. are you going? Right. Sam's this beautiful woman that Ryan's brought into the studio is nodding her head like this is true. Yeah, what yes. are you is that about? true? Thank you. Disproportionate yeah. number of hot black women at TSA? Yeah. 
They're just uh, they're Are they always... hiding in all the enormously fat black women? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know, man. Every time I've maybe I've just had the luck because I'm going through the right security checkpoints. It's like your shallow howl or something. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. you just have really low standards. Do you go to the hey. security checkpoint at Foreplay beside LAX or do you go through LAX? <laughs> oh, that's not that's not part of LAX? No, Foreplay is a strip club. Oh man, that might be the problem, yeah. Because they always want to check my wallet at Foreplay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dick, okay. TSA costs, I, got, I wrote this, I wrote shit down. Yeah. $7.6 billion. That's how much money they're getting for this. $7.6 billion. billion. Yeah. That's to molest insane. Sean. What did 9-11 cost, by the way? $120 billion, Something like that? What do you mean? 9-11, uh, the cost, cost of us our innocence. What? <laughs> okay, Dick. Thank you, poet. Like, just the straight infrastructure cost, or do you, do you roll in the war in Iraq in there? No, like, let's, you- let's say, let's end it at just uh, the immediate aftermath, the first, like, sure. say, 30 days to two months. So the loss in air travel, business, right. uh, yeah, Wall Street. 500, yeah. Right how, many, how many billions of dollars? Well, I, I heard it's like It's got to be like trillions, right? Trillion? Okay, well, never mind. Then that, that argument's gone. No, yeah, you're... <laughs> <laughs> But if we're talking about people's lives, here's something interesting I found. Yeah. This TSA shit is encouraging people to drive versus fly because they have such a pain in the ass. They're just like, ah, fuck it, I'll drive. Yeah. And all these extra cars in the road are causing uh, vehicle fatalities. Hmm. I got a number, too. Let me find it. I got a stats for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, 6% people more drove because of the TSA. 129 more people died in, like, the course of three months in 2002. Uh, this dude figured that who's that who's that stats guy that always does like the weirdo stats like for presidential election? Yeah, Nate Silver said it was like four fully loaded 737s crashing each year and costing airlines a billion dollars in business. Wow, that is that's amazing. That's, that's actually TSA. really that's it. Where'd you get that stat from? I don't know, man. The oh internet. Gosh, dick. I mean, I gotta I gotta look this up afterwards. But anyway, that's an interest. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. So four four airliners are going down. The equivalent, yeah, worth of people dying. Yep, because people are driving because they're bad drivers. Yeah, they're bad drivers. They're people who lollygag. They're people who are idling. They're a road rage. Accidents happen, man. Yeah, but you know what? The, the, you know what's so sad about that statistic too is that people who would otherwise never even travel by just pedestrians. Those are the people who are getting killed too. Because one of these, you know, one of those people is going to be an old man who fell asleep at the wheel and drove through a farmer's market. Yeah, that true. happens. That happens like twice a year, I feel. I always hear about some old person just, I don't know what happened. And then they wake <laughs> up in the middle of just a pile of bodies at a farmer's market. And you think those people would be flying if TSA was easier? Maybe. Or if they had family members who cared. Ah. <laughs> uh. All well, right. that's my problem. They Good. ruin flying. I, I think they're going to ruin self-driving cars, too. The TSA will? Yeah. Oh, they I might, think they're yeah. get. I think they're going to get their mitts into buses. I think they're going to get their mitts into sporting events. They're going to fuck that up. They're going to fuck that up. And I think they're eventually going to fuck up self-driving cars. Yeah. Well, here's hoping they don't. So, uh, Ryan, you're, uh, you're our guest problem this week. You're, yeah, yeah. Or guest this week who has a problem, rather. Sure. <laughs> Well, I didn't do my homework like you guys with stats. I didn't know this is what was stats required. Stats are not necessary to make an argument. Dick, I, I, Trust I me. have pressured Dick into bringing stats, okay. so that's all. Yeah. Problem number one could be how fucking hot it is in this room right now. It is pretty hot. Yeah. We turn off the AC during the Look recording. At him. He's, he's covered in sweat. Yeah. yeah, but that's like, but that's partially anger sweat. Yeah, uh-huh. it's very much. Anger it's also sweat. mostly booze. <laughs> it's a lot of booze. <laughs> it just there's this like sweaty whiskey smell in the room. Yeah. Well, okay, so what I thought I would talk about is something, this is what my first book is about, which is just how bullshit and corrupt and terrible the online media space is. Yes. Um, And I think you and I have a lot of agreement about this. Your stuff on BuzzFeed has been awesome. Your shit about, um, so people- So your stuff on BuzzFeed, sorry, is what? What do you what do you like about his stuff on BuzzFeed? Well, BuzzFeed is one of the worst journalism outfits to ever exist. It started- Purely to troll our Facebook feeds, it was a way of selling sort of cute nostalgia and pirated content, essentially, yeah. that has now raised, what, $100 million in venture capital funding? More, more. They just got a new round of funding. Yeah, too. like another $50 million. Yeah. And at the same time, did you hear they had to delete 5,000 of their own articles because they don't even meet BuzzFeed's incredibly low standards? Wow, that is, that's amazing. That's like... Uh 
uh, people del- going through their Twitter account, deleting right. tweets because they didn't meet the tweet. I tweet. mean, first off, that you would have 5,000 articles and you're only yeah. like a couple years old is like kind of says something. And then that yeah. you would have 5,000 that don't meet your standards is like appall- the sta- a- is appalling. The standards of BuzzFeed. Right, right. So five th- BuzzFeed wrote 5,000 articles that even BuzzFeed thinks sucks. And they tried to delete them sneakily so people wouldn't see. Uh-huh. And of course, people call them. Sure. Um, so, and what else have you written about BuzzFeed? Oh, you, you did that great thing about ABC News with the Robin Williams thing. Yeah. Which then everyone on the internet ripped off. So, yeah. sort of the, the, the thesis of my first book is the economics of creating content online have sort of totally corrupted and taken over news and media in general. So, it's, it's what people are chattering about online that drives the offline media um, the offline media conversation, the 24-7 media cycle, Mm -hmm. that is all driven by the economics of the internet. And the economics of the internet are essentially a million blogs trying to be heard over a million other blogs. And and within that, the majority of bloggers at these places, like at BuzzFeed, at Gawker, they're paid on the page view, right? They're paid... Or their pay is somehow tied to how much traffic their their articles do on a monthly basis, right. which essentially makes everything that they publish a conflict of interest in one way or another, right? It's like right. they could write the story the truthful way or they could write it the way that gets them the most mm-hmm. traffic. And this is a force that's sort of acting on the information that all of us get as a society and it creates this weird feedback loop where we're yeah. acting on shit that some 20-year-old college grad from Sarah Lawrence churns out at a basically New York sweatshop for content. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's on, uh, by the way, thank you so much for, for very eloquently uh, spelling that out. Uh, so, so creating this, it's almost like a race to the bottom with these, with these click headlines. And that's why I, I feel like on my own website, when I don't have any ads on my website, it's always been that, that right. kind of platform. We, I don't really care if you click or not. Right. People, people, I lose fans all the time. They send me emails like, hey, Maddox, I've been a fan for 10 years. Your last article sucked. You've really gone downhill. Uh, I'm going to stop reading. And I always write back. I say, adios, dipshit. You're <laughs> I not bet doing they keep me. reading. Yeah, of course they, they keep want reading. attention so bad. Yeah, of course they're going to keep reading. Because what else, what else is out there? BuzzFeed? Well, it's like, look, you ultimately monetize your content in a way that creates good incentives. By You sell stuff to people who willingly buy it, right? Like right. you sell T-shirts. Yeah. You sell, uh, what else do you sell? Um, uh, uh, t-shirts, books. stickers, posters, books, right. books you sell comics, stuff. yeah. And so that creates a, a, a relationship of reciprocal value between you and your fans. You're not trying to generate a bunch of traffic to create a graph that makes it look like traffic is going through the roof so then you can turn around and sell your crappy company to Time Warner or uh, right. or AOL you know and then all of a sudden they've got this sort of dud on their hands that's what these companies aren't trying to become sustainable businesses they are like essentially ponzi schemes that it's a cash grab yeah totally yeah that's all it is so dick last week brought in a problem he was talking about Jennifer's the yeah. the celebrity leaks right so Jennifer Lawrence's tits say okay. the whole thing if dick. you're going to bring in my problems Thank you. that I brought in and researched <laughs> not you thank you for researching going through the effort of looking at all the pictures yeah that must have been hard for you yeah it must have been real no, hard no i was not hard that was part <laughs> of the problem uh yeah, so Dick wasn't turned on enough. So, so here's the, here's the thing: all these companies, Gawker, Huffington Post, they all wrote these, and even you said uh, Forbes, right, Dick? They, they yeah. wrote these they, they wrote these big screeds about how awful everybody is for yeah. looking at these pictures because and then and then th- there was some uh, charity organization that even turned down money mm-hmm. from redditors who who somehow like profited from uh, from the survey right. even now wired magazine came out with an article saying that reddit paid for x number of months of hosting right. through the scandal right right but they're also profiting. These people who totally. are who are reporting about even just saying don't look at the pictures, you're still profiting as long as you run ads on your website. Well, let me ask you this, Ryan, because my uh, my thinking is, and I'll say it first and then give my example. Uh, when has it been any different? Because you said online specifically. Do you think it was different? Do you think that online media has affected the offline media in such a way as to change, as to cause this problem? Specifically because yesterday... I'm sitting in this restaurant, throwing back a couple beers, and I'm watching Anderson Cooper on mute uh, slam Ray Rice over and over while they play the slow-mo of him punching his fiance over and over and over. And I'm like, you guys are just making money off this awful video all afternoon. Yeah. That's all I'm seeing here. Yeah, so what I talk about in the book is is if you look at the history of media – 
Um, if you go back to the late 1800s, early 1900s, <clears throat> media is mostly sold not by subscriptions. It's, it's newspapers printed every day. And the whole idea of extra, extra, read all about it, right, is comes from newsboys shouting at the corner trying to get you to buy this paper versus that paper. And that intense competition rather than like, hey, I'm a New York Times man, it gets delivered to me on my doorstep, which is sort of what ensued later, is what creates the yellow journalism scandals of that period, right? So Fatty Arbuckle, the famous movie star, is crushed by this sort of fake rape, fake rape allegations in New York or in, in Los Angeles. Uh, the Spanish-American War is is largely driven by sensational media coverage. So, but the New York Times emerges in that period as a uh, as a contrast to all that. Like the slogan, "All the news that's fit to print," is a statement against that kind of crappy journalism. Um, and so, like, like when you look at the Pentagon Papers, when the Pentagon Papers leak, the New York Times story is like, interesting archive of, uh, of documents related to the Vietnam War surfaces. It's like this super low-key st- headline for what was a world-changing bombshell. Right. Because the New York Times has X million number of subscribers at this time. They don't need to be sensational and ridiculous. Yeah. Now, you know, Jezebel or, or Gawker gets some tiny leak about whatever, and it's, you know, an all-caps headline screaming about how this is, like, the worst thing that ever happened. And so I like to sort of contrast those two things. And I think it's interesting you're talking about CNN. Well, who broke that story? It's TMZ Sports breaks the, the uh, Ray Rice video. And they put watermark sure. over the video. I'm like, are you guys fucking kidding me? You've got a video of a gigantic violent man beating a woman unmercifully, and you put your watermark on it? Did <laughs> yeah. nobody pause and say, wait a minute, I don't think this is appropriate. Yeah. Like, I didn't even want to see the video uh, after, like, a dozen times. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, 12 it's, was <laughs> enough for you. Yeah. 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 And that's, when I'm saying it's inappropriate, you fucked up. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Dick. Uh, Dick is pretty much. So, at what point? Like, look at look at what they're essentially doing. They're saying they're they've created a universe right. where, or we have, I guess, where associating your brand with a man punching a woman in the face is a positive thing. Positive. Yeah. Sure. Well, it, and it's what's crazy is the way in which these media outlets now sort of dominate everything we're talking about. So it like with the with the celebrity nude scandal, right? Like for the last few years. Celebrity scandals have been leaking all the time, right? Like Scarlett Johansson photos, whatever. None of these people have problem leaking the photos if it's one celebrity. And then uh, like the whole Kogan tape, like Gawker went to court to defend their right to to mock and post a video of Hulk Hogan having sex. And they actively told their their viewers to read it, to watch the video. And And laugh. And then 25 celebrities get hacked and they realize it's sort of beyond the pale. And now all of a sudden they're admonishing us for daring to lick look at these photos. Like, Like we're the perverts. Like they haven't like they didn't create the fucking market for this shit, create billion dollar brands or multi-million dollar brands off the back of it. And then when when Perez Hilton can't get first to the story, now all of a sudden he's like, oh, I won't post these. It's like, dude, you posted underage upskirt photos of Miley Cyrus like three or four years ago and you had no problem. But then this one breaks on Imager and Reddit and all of a sudden you want to talk about how evil and, and corrupt and perverted it is. Mm-hmm. They're the worst. Yeah, it's a, exactly. That's that's actually what, what, what were we going to say? Dave? I was going to say that, that that's pretty much what I meant to say last week. <laughs> all of that stuff. All of that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, inst- yeah instead of the old the victim blaming, huh? That was Dick's argument was like, well, they shouldn't have the pictures. I'm like, yeah, but when people's bank accounts get compromised, you don't say they shouldn't have bank accounts. Like, (laughs) people are allowed to have property. I keep all my money and whiskey. Take naked photos of themselves. Yeah, you should be able to do whatever you want. Right. You Uh, can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, your shit got hacked. Yeah, yeah, but look, I don't think that having having a weak password is any excuse to say, well, it's it's their fault. And who knows if they had a weak password or they just exploit a shitty iCloud, which is super shitty anyway. But hey, I don't want to get on an Apple rant because that's coming. Okay. Uh, but Ryan, I want to ask you. Literally for him, that's coming. Mm. An Apple rant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had a heyday this week with the iPhone 6 announcement. Um, so... Ryan, I want to ask you in your in your uh, book. Trust me, I'm lying. Yeah. Uh, is there is there some way? Uh, is there some a particularly egregious way that they are uh, manipulating uh, media, be it be it traditional or online, like to get their to get these clicks? Well, so the the book is about like stunts that I've pulled with online media. So right. like with the book, one of the things that I did was I went. Up, there's this service called Help a Reporter Out where basically lazy journalists go like, hey, I need a source about uh, like uh, almond farming. And then like some almond go, almond, far- 
almond farmer goes, oh, like, let me be your source, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's basically like Craigslist for lazy journalists. So one of the stunts I did for the book to promote it is that I just went on and I pretended to be an expert about literally anything for like six months. And then it got so easy, I just had, I paid my assistant to pretend to be me and do it for me. Like I did this under my real name, having announced and gotten a ton of press for writing a book about media manipulation. Wow. I was quoted in uh, ABC News, Good Morning America, Yahoo, um, uh, I was on 2020. Um, and then the New York Times. I was an expert in the New York Times huh. about vinyl records. And I know literally nothing about vinyl records. I mean, I'm 27 years old. Like, Do I you remember some to of your a fucking quotes? record. Yeah, I was like an expert about boat winterization, like how to prepare your boat for like the coming winter for this like Canadian newspaper. So I pretended to be this source for like months and months. And then I revealed it when the book came out and everyone's like, oh, you lied. How are they supposed to know? It's like, um, maybe if you want to know about vinyl records, you call a record store or a record label. You don't troll for sources from random fucking people on the internet. Right. I mean, the slogan for this website is no such thing as free publicity. There is with Haro. And so, like this is like this is how your sausage gets made, right? Wow. And that so that's what I sort of talk about in the book is the way in which these these places create this content, which then your average reader thinks is like you think yeah. if you're reading and you see a quoted expert in the New York Times, they must have some credentials. They're not just a random guy pretending to know about vinyl records based on what he Googled three seconds before he emailed this reporter. You would hope, yes. Yeah, you would hope. Yeah. That's the paper of record in the United States. Yeah. And here I am quoted. And the New York Times does not, even even after this, does not ban its reporters from using this service. I th- that's I, I heard a long time ago, that so this this happens everywhere in print. Yeah. I heard the New York Times was particularly good about it. They, they vetted their sources sure. and checked up. So I guess not. Of course not. Why would they? They have to, they have to create more content to compete with all these blogs. Like wow. everyone is competing for a, a finite amount of eyeballs, right? And so they're pay- like this guy who did this for the New York Times was a freelancer just phoning in articles. He, he knows what he wants to say. So he asks for a source to tell him what he wants to hear. And I raise my hand. And then there I am. And my parents are like, hey, we saw you in the New York Times today. Mm. We didn't know you were a vinyl record fan. <laughs> you yeah, know? Apparently you didn't either. Right. No, I wasn't. I learned what LP stood for <laughs> in the article that I was quoted in. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I love how the criticism of, of that was that, oh, you lied to these yeah, offices. How I, are they like, supposed I to know? I was the problem. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe because they're journalists and right. it's their job to know. It's their job to find out. Just Google somebody. It just takes five seconds and find right. out whether they're full of shit or not. Totally. Yeah. Or, that's, uh, or that's maybe do more than, you know, just talk to your sources via email. Yeah. You know, when I was working, when I was writing The Alphabet of Manliness, I worked with a couple of different publicists and that's when I started to notice this thing happening. Yeah. So someone came out to my apartment in Utah and they did an, an interview with me from the Associated Press. And that one AP piece got picked up in so many different publications because some of them the publisher would pay for, some of them they were genuinely covering this right. trend or whatever. But uh, that that's when I started to notice this on my radar that all these pieces started to come up around the same time and it's usually driven by some publicist firm, public, uh, publicist firm or marketing firm and right. they're trying to get that. So anytime you notice on Google News, Google News is my favorite uh, news portal because I can see how all the different media outlets cover the same headline. Yeah. And I like to see those because sometimes you'll see six stories drop about something the same exact time about coffee or milk or whatever. I guarantee there's a lobby behind them. Yeah, or you see, okay, so X happened. And this is where I, I came to this like working as a publicist for a lot of clients. It's like you would see something objectively happen, right? Like a lawsuit gets filed or a store opens or you know something. You launch a new campaign, blah, blah, blah. And then you would see like one person cover it. And then you would see all those different outlets cover the same thing. Yeah. And you would see how as the headlines come in, they get more interesting as as they have to compete with the ones that come before it. Right. So it's like on on Google News, it's like the first person, it's like, hey, you know, like blah, blah, blah happened. And then it's like, world's craziest blah 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 happens. And then mm-hmm. and like they're having because they all they know that if you're the most clickable headline on Google News, the algorithm is going to favor you. It's right. the same thing like like what does Upworthy do? They know that like we've got to get lots of shares on social media, like on Facebook, right? So they just see what does well in the in on the Facebook feed. They know how that algorithm works. Mm-hmm. And then they create this syrupy artificial bullshit content about, you know, like uh, you think this preacher is gonna, you know, talk about people uh, who are gay in a bad way, but 
what do you know? He's actually really open-minded. And then we're like, oh, I love this. And it's yeah. like blowing up. Or like, check out this kitten, you know, eating snacks. And it just, blo- like, you see it, the whole <laughs> thing blow up because they know exactly how to play to our instincts to get us to click on things. It's almost like they're, they're, they've are they're they built in a twist ending for every single headline. Yeah. Like, but you didn't yeah. see this coming. Yeah, right. Because they know, like, there's this crazy study. Uh, somebody actually did it of the New York Times. I think there's like... Um, What's his name? Jonah Berger. He studied like 7,000 articles mm-hmm. that made the most viral, the, the most um, shared list of the New York Times. Right. The number one predictor, well, the, the biggest predictor is the valence of emotion it makes you feel. So like extreme happiness is better than like uh, sort of sad, right? Mm-hmm. Or like extreme uh, humor is better than like moderate rage. And it turns out also anger is like the most high valence emotion. So like articles that make people angry get shared more. So you don't think like writers who are sitting there with page view quotas are going to try to piss people off. Or entire websites. Right. <laughs> Dr. Phil's fat ass made more money off of people angry than me than I ever have or will. Yeah, that's true actually. Yeah. It, cra- it crashed your website too when you were on Dr. It Phil. It melted the server. <laughs> Just a big lead block. Yeah, they used me for like 80% of the VO uh-huh. on that fucking episode. All the commercials, every single commercial was me, 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 me. So with these with these clickbait websites too. So they get people in, and it's uh, there's there's actually this new I don't even know what to call it. It's a new genre of website. So it's not news satire like the Onion and yeah. the Daily Current, and it's not quite news. It's just lies, right? Just fake things that they know people kind of want to be true yeah. or desperately don't want to be true, right? And then they post it, and they know fifty percent of the population will not know that it's fake and share it and then all their friends will be like you're such an idiot what are you doing and then that creates mm-hmm. like a back and forth that's good for them and it's still going to create people clicking and they're they're right. getting that click stream well it's it's sort of like arbitrage right it's like whatever we have to do to get people to click this thing and yeah. then we immediately sell it via an ad exchange for advertising dollars right and then we profit like it's not like they're trying to build a brand that people trust that's not the model they're not trying to sell t-shirts and books you're the customer that they're selling. Like right. they are tricking you and then selling you to an ad to an ad exchange. Once the click has been made, the sales already been made. You're, you can't they don't un-click. need you anymore. Yeah, you can't yeah. unclick. The view's been loaded, the ad rank has been loaded, the 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 page view has been loaded. So and they, they don't even care about their reputation because as soon as their reputation gets out there, oh, that's a bullshit news site. Right. They just register a new domain, shift all their content to the new domain. Now nobody recognizes it anymore. Yeah, and the people that they're targeting don't care where it's published, they care what it says. Yeah. Right? They Like, they're just looking, it's like the confirmation, but they're exploiting the confirmation, confirmation bias. Yep. Like, we desperately want, like, I desperately want, like, proof that Obama is not an American. Yeah. So you post <laughs> that thing, like, I'm going to share it, and I don't care what the source is because I need to say it mm-hmm. so desperately. I, I generally have a rule of thumb. Any website that has the word world in it, or truth, worldtruth.tv or sure. .us, uh, any kind of health website, any real pharmacies, anything with the word real in it, I don't automatically believe. Anything with the word truth in it, I don't believe. Um, anything with the honest or any natural, I don't believe any natural websites. Uh, these are all just... just, uh, just well, and then what you have to do is you have to immediately unfollow any friend or acquaintance <laughs> that shares one of those links. And it's a great way of sorting out the dumb people from your sort of like network of, of people. Now, see, I, I would disagree. I'm going back and forth on that just internally because I have a lot of dumb friends. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like if I do that, then there's no hope. I'm like their bridge, you know? I'm like reaching out and handing with my hand, like, come Such on, let him fucking go messiah drift, complex let him on go this tri- guy. <laughs> Always coming to save the day. Yeah, Dick. <laughs> through driving and through, uh, through in, 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 uh, Enlightening, I guess. So, okay, well, good problem. What would you, what would you Why title Why is it that? a yeah. problem? Why uh, is it a problem? You mean Why other than it? like the last 10? Well, there's this great quote, and I forget who it's from, but he says something like, look, like um, America is uh, uh, a country ostensibly ruled by the people, right? And the people, by public opinion, right? And, right. The, influ- and, and the media is what influences public opinion. It's a good point. So, therefore, this is the lens through which our democracy then operates on. BuzzFeed killed America. Yeah, that's that's the headline I put on my. On my that's link a great page. BuzzFeed headline. Yeah, that's a very neutral. I, you know, top I, I, ten ways that BuzzFeed <laughs> killed America. I want to say that's H. L. Minken. Does that make sense? Probably. Baltimore Sun. Probably. Early twentieth early mm-hmm. century. I yeah. think I, th- I know. I think I know that quote. Yeah. Oh, Dictionary, Sean. Thank you. Um, so, great problem. What, what would you title? What would you title this? Uh, this overall? Because I know there's a lot that's kind of. Um, 
uh, onioned into this uh, this problem. But what is it like? Uh, click clickbait or clickbait's one word. Like there's a like I think outrage porn is outrage another great porn, word yeah, for the great, kind of things that try to piss. I love off. that. Let's do outrage porn. That's yeah. That, because uh, you notice too, they they even do it with positive stories, like the right. ALS bucket challenge. Uh, every single website, like near a month into it, they were really. Um, running on fumes, and right. so they they start they started using these titles. They said, "This is the last ALS bucket challenge you'll have to see." Oh my gosh, so and so celebrity killed it. It will never be better than this. And then I saw like five of those. Yeah, well, I so I think I think it's a bunch of they like they know like ten different triggers to pull to exploit us, right? But I think outrage porn is a big one. I think the other one is like um, I call it like sort of sanctimony. Like mm-hmm. it's like let's just create the most like syrupy cloying, sanctimonious bullshit you could possibly yeah. imagine. Like, Mike, like the, what's like, the stuff that white liberal people will get excited about? Oh, my God. I'm so sick of that shit. Polygon, uh, Mike.com, Policy That's a Mike. Terrible one. Yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Everything on there infuriates me. Even stuff I agree with. I'm like, fuck you for exploiting this. Like, right. seriously, they're not creating any content. They're taking some video that somebody studiously created on YouTube, put a wrapper around it, and then and then uh, publish it on their website with some bullshit, you know, 50-word article. Article, right. and I, I use in quotes. And then uh, these people call themselves writers. Yeah. And then, and then uh, they're 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 making they're making a, a hefty living off of this too. They're, they're I don't know about that, but well, I think their I bosses not. are making a lot of money. Okay, there you go. It's, think, a, it's a giant pyramid scheme. Yeah. You mentioned that, Dick, right? You said it was like a Ponzi. No, that was Ryan. Oh, Ponzi Ryan again. Scheme. Well, good job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good problem. Uh, outrage porn. I love that uh, because that's his, and even the Daily Show called them out for it. They said, John. They always had these uh, these headlines on Huffington Post because they love John Stewart so much and they want to like really get on right. his bandwagon. They're like, John Stewart obliterates Glenn yeah. Beck or he eviscerates Sean Hannity, and then and then John Stewart's like, dude, I just called them out on a minor. Uh, misquote. Yeah, I didn't quite eviscerate or obliterate anyone. I didn't decimate Fox News. They still exist. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is like they have to exact like here's an artist doing something, and then they have to exaggerate it and put context on it so then they can make a few pennies off what he did. Right. Well, guys, uh, great problems TSA and uh, uh, outrage porn. But here's uh, here's a here's the biggest problem this week. My problem is babies. You yeah. don't have a sound effect to accompany that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> babies. Babies. So all first right. of all, so what do you do with them? What do you do with babies? What do you do with a baby? And you take pictures of them, you enjoy oh. them, you teach them. Great. You let them enrich your life. Boring. You Propagate create a family with them. With them. Propagate the <laughs> yeah. species. Why don't you give me a real, like, but. Basically live. You live with a that's, baby. Yeah, that's life. That's like a shitty roommate. It's not paying rent. It stinks. It makes noise. The sound of a baby crying is the worst. I didn't even bring in a baby crying sound effect because I hate it that much. It's the worst. Okay, but first, here's my, here's my problem with babies, right? Every friend of mine who's a parent, when I go over to their house, they want me to hold their baby. Yeah. And That's something that you're supposed to like. Why am I supposed to like that? Because it's a little creature. Oh, great. That you're, <laughs> that you're genetically encoded to love because of its helplessness. I have possums in my backyard. I can hold those. <laughs> have you held a possum? No, because I don't want to. I don't want right. to hold a possum. I don't want to hold a baby, but I'd rather hold a possum. Would you hold, if you could go back in time and meet you as a baby, would you hold you? Shit, No. I'd put me down and go play video games or something. Like, come on. But you're glad somebody held you, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, maybe. I don't even, what, You wish they, like, abandoned you on the steps of a church? (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) There is, that could be worse. But what what were you going to say, Sean? Uh, no, the moment has passed. Oh well, Move well on. now so, it's definitely passed. So, so they always want to hand me their babies, and in in very, I'm scared shitless of holding their baby. It's like the most valuable thing oh, they own. Here we go. Right? It, it's the most. It's the most expensive thing you own as a baby. Um, well, okay. Yeah. So they hand it to me, and invariably I hold it wrong. They I, they hand it to me, and I try to cradle it, and they say, "Oh, you gotta support its head. You gotta support its head." Yeah. That's the one thing you have to do is support its head. Oh, then if I support its head, then the rest of its body flops over and its legs are falling out of my arms. How do you hold a baby? Pick up one of your shirts and show us how you hold a baby. Here, I'll just hold this bottle like a baby. Look at this. Like a a hero. Look at that. I'm holding a baby. (laughs) That is not how you hold a fucking baby. How how are you guys such experts? You guys don't have babies. How do you hold a woman? 
let's start there. Not like a baby. Yeah, that's kind of gotta. Gross. Well, yeah, I, I regret the way I phrased that. But you've got to support the head a little bit, you know. I'm not grabbing like a woman's this. head. Like this. Not look, gonna, look, 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 yeah. look. There's the head. There's the head. Wrap it up. Dick like is that. holding his. How his little sword. are I'm these hold- women? <laughs> he's, holding so his, he's holding something by the hair. Sam's shaking her head. Yeah. Sam, I know how to hold a baby. All right. No, no. She's, saying, she's saying shaking no. Huh? Are you saying I, look, no? I agree. I don't like Are you saying babies? it's gross? What so, the fuck is wrong with both of you guys don't like holding babies? What if you drop the baby? Why would you don't. hand me that? I would be more comfortable with them handing me their, their, their expensive jewelry, their laptop, their fucking flat screen TV. I'll hold that. I'm not going to hold a fucking baby. <laughs> Jesus, give, give me anything in your house, any valuable you have. A baby's the most expensive thing you own. And I found out- It's how not much- a valuable. It's a human being, you <laughs> jackass. Oh, yeah? Well, I have some stats. I, uh- I got a stats for you. I got you. a stats for you, actually. So, how much? How much would you say a baby's a baby is worth? Like, what would you pay for a baby? <laughs> what do you mean? Am like, I, is like it, are you talking about like people who can't have their own baby and they need to buy one? Say that there was a black market where you could buy babies. There yeah. is. Okay. Yeah, you pay know. women who are like drug addicts and going to prison. You can twenty facilitate. grand. Twenty grand. Yeah. You're actually pretty close. It's a it's a lot lower though. It's about ten grand. Really? I I I did the math here. Um. So there. I, I surprisingly Google didn't have any actual stats about how much a baby costs. But the closest I found is how much it costs to raise a baby for about one year, which is about ten thousand one hundred forty dollars. Okay. That's so not bad. if the baby dies at the age of one, then you will Jesus have spent. Jesus Christ. Like I'm just doing math. This is math. Math doesn't have any any conscience here all right so if the baby dies at the age of one that baby cost you ten thousand dollars to raise so if you and by the way i fought hard to be god a godfather for my friend's kid you fought to be one or to not be one No, i want to be a godfather why just like another thing i can say i am oh i'm a godfather is that the only reason it's not because you wanted to impart some of your fucking wisdom onto the baby and you thought that would put you in a position to do that uh, maybe. Yeah, then I but, think you get what babies are all about. Well, so my friend asked me, he's like, he's like, hey, Maddox, you want to be the godfather of my kid? I'm like, yeah, of course. And I said, wait, and he goes, do you know what that means, right? And I said, no. He said, uh, if anything happens to us, you have to raise the kid. I'm like, hey, free baby. <laughs> right? Free baby. <laughs> and so, babies, you, yeah. What, you what want to know something right? terrible? Huh. So I have this friend of mine who's looking to, like, adopt a kid. Yeah. Which is, like, free, but you have to go through a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was, but you have to like pay like certain fees or whatever right. for adoption, like shots and stuff. Like. Yeah, yeah. And so this is like I'm trying to say this delicately. Different races cost different amounts of money. Wow. Why? And non-white babies are like less. So white babies are the most expensive. See, white oh, babies yeah. cost money, and white white babies are the most expensive. Isn't yeah. that simple supply and demand? Though, hey Sean, watch out! Uh, why don't you just be real fucking careful with what you're about to do? Yeah, Sean, walk real delicately there. Aren't there a lot more babies yeah, of exactly. other races <laughs> yes. that Jesus. are that are in need of homes? I don't see how that's racist. I'm gonna ask you guys something. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you something. What would you do with 188 thousand dollars right now? What would you do? Would you find use for that money? I spend half of it on car insurance over my entire life. There you go. Well. Or you could raise a kid to 18 years old. And that's without tuition, without college tuition. Is your primary problem with babies the cost? No, they, they cost a lot, and they're also so fucking fragile, they make me nervous around them. I don't want to kill one. Like, if I'm over at a friend's house, that would ruin dinner if I, if I killed their baby. They, you, look, it would I, ruin more than dinner. Yeah, well, if I dropped... Okay, let's say I didn't kill the baby. Let's say I just dropped it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, man. Hey, sorry I dropped your baby. I guess it's got brain damage now. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible guest. I'll go home and fucking... Uh, I don't know, I guess hang myself because I ruined this person's life and my friend's lives. Yeah. And now it's going to cost more than $180,000 yeah. to raise. Yeah. And then I'm not going to be able to impart anything on that kid other than the dent in his head. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. Adults, we can all agree that adults are stronger, right? I think, than I think so. Than babies? Yeah. yeah. Depends on the okay. baby. Depends on the baby. I yeah. was a pretty strong kid. So here's something. Babies just sometimes just fucking die. Sudden infant death syndrome. Have you heard of this? Dude, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a myth, though. No, it's not a myth. It's on the CDC website. There's all these statistics. I think that's just a nice way of saying, like, the mom kind of went a little loopy and killed the baby. <laughs> I really think that <laughs> that's true. a lot of them, yeah. I think that's yeah. true. Yeah. No, well, they actually have tips on how to try to avoid sudden infant death syndrome. There's, by the way, there's And no- one of them is keep an eye on mom and make sure she's not <laughs> depressed. Dude, postnatal <laughs> depression is a big thing. Yeah, I guess. So yeah. that's another reason not to have a baby. They cost too much and postnatal depression. Hold up, though. Yeah, they they do give you some major tax savings. Uh, see, that pisses me off. Now I'm paying for other people's babies. Fuck that. So there's True. no there's no such thing as, as sudden adult death syndrome. 
Huh? Adults just don't die, die because they slept on their stomach one day. That's stupid. Babies are always dying. Listen to this. Always place babies on their backs to sleep. Yeah. That's, a, that's insane. Are you kidding me? What, what is wrong with that? That's ridiculous. You have to have a baby on its back, otherwise it might die. Yeah. What if it just rolls over at night and they you don't. wake up to a dead baby? There's like devices that you can put on the baby. Oh, now you got to buy devices? More yeah, things I have to buy? No, you can just use a club. You just a pick club. it up at Craigan. What's, what's a club? It's oh, one of the those actual steering wheel club. Steering wheel. No, they don't roll over in the middle of the night if you put them on their back. The babies are always squishing around. Are you kidding me? They're always like... They're not amoebas. <laughs> they have a skeleton and it's just... They lay there and like it. Yeah, they are so. they have such a strong skeletal system. Then why is their head so soft? Here's one of the other tips. They say, will my baby... This is actually one of the Q&A. They said, will my baby develop a flat spot on his or her head from back sleeping? That's another concern you have. You might have a mo- like a mongoloid looking kid because it slept on its back because you don't want it to suddenly die suddenly in, in its sleep because you can play- place a stupid baby on its face. I think the pressure of babies is what's getting to you. What are you, t- what are you talking about? All these like, I got to be careful of yeah. it and keep it safe. Yeah, they make, make me nervous. I'm like sweating round. right now. This is the first time I sweat this entire fucking show because that, now I'm thinking about babies and how nervous and, and anxious they make me. And listen to this. So keep soft objects, soft objects, mind you, Toys and loose beddings out of your baby's sleep area. Don't use pillows, blankets, quilts, sheepskins, sleep positioner, or that's what you guys are saying, or or oh. pillow-like bumpers in your baby's sleep area. Keep yeah. all items away from the baby's face. Can you imagine if an adult had to live under those restrictions? No toys, no no bumpers or anything in your bed? Or, or <laughs> Do you have bumpers in your bed? <laughs> I considered it at one point because I kept rolling out, but I... I you can't have sheets in your baby's crib? No. Listen to this tip. That's it. You just don't have those things. Then what's a baby going to cover with? It's just going to sit there they and... They wear a onesie to bed. That's it. You don't I have to worry about it. In fact, it's very easy. <laughs> it's just like a box with a sheet over it. You put some pajamas on them. You go, there you go. See you tomorrow, idiot. Great. So simple. So simple to take care of this baby. Almost it, a plant. Yeah. Almost. Except it, except plants will get flat foreheads if you if they sleep on their back. Listen to this. No, they don't get... Flat, flat, flat backs, like, I guess. Yeah. 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 And I don't do. know. And now they just found out that those helmets don't really work. Yeah, I've read that. Yeah. And sometimes they can even cause other pro- complications too, right? The helmets? Yeah, like being a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to this. Here's another tip. Avoid letting your baby overheat during sleep. How the, how the hell? It says dress your baby in, an, in light sleeping clothing and keep the room at a temperature that is comfortable for an adult. Which, by the way, how condescending is that? What are you gonna just crank up the heat for the baby's room? You go. There's you a lot of dumb parents. That's why their kids keep dying. Sudden, they suddenly die. Yeah. Up and you didn't do anything. And and that, that, that's uh, what they're saying, Dick. You're saying you you can put no, a onesie I'm on it. I'm saying it's nice. That's a nice way of saying you killed your kid. Is this sudden infant death syndrome? Like yeah. they are like, oh, you know, just kind of died. Sorry. Just, it's 90 degrees in here, but we don't know what did it. You know how crushed I would be if I just bought a laptop and it died like a year later, <laughs> right? The hard drive started clicking. I would be, I would be devastated. I'd be devastated. Let alone a kid. Like I would, I would be cr- like, what am I gonna do? Like, Ten grand down the drain. <laughs> Just go. Well, and pregnancies have the same problems. Well, like yeah, not all that? pregnancies go to term too. Uh huh. Right? They, they yeah. just die well, there. That's too. fetuses. That's a whole different episode. Mm. It's a whole struggle though, right? Because right. you you might have a miscarriage. You got fetuses. Then 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 it, once it comes out, oh, it survived the miraculous journey through your wife's vagina, and now it's out there and and in the hospital and all the germs it could possibly have and all the complications and preemies, preemie babies, and uh, all the different and then congenital diseases and heart disease and cancers and all these awful things that kids can have. And then now you now it's now it might just fucking die anyway because it's sleeping on its on its stomach. I'm getting a real interesting insight into you right now. I think you would be like a really, really worried, protective parent. Yeah, you'd probably be a great parent. Doesn't it seem like it? Like you're freaking out at no. the hypothetical situation of your kid getting a misshapen head. It's slander. I will not stand for that. <laughs> I think Maddox always secretly wanted a Cabbage Patch kid as a baby, as a young man and never got one. Maybe. I, I'm seeing you like outfitting the crib room with like all this automation shit that you have in your house like yeah. to check for the temperature and infrared yeah. cameras and make sure he's not rolling over. Right. Like programming a connect to make sure he's not moving it. Might night. as well. Gotta make sure you gotta check its temperature. You gotta st- stick a meat thermometer in this guy. Like what are you? How are you supposed to monitor this? Never mind stuff? everything. You're supposed to be around. <laughs> oh, you just got to be around all the time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what drives me nuts. Like I, all my friends who have kids now, I just say, "Hey, man, can we 
talk on the phone for 20 minutes, like 15 minutes, no. whatever? Yeah, they can't. They're, oh, sorry, I got to watch the kid. You're watching the kid. You're just talking to me. Why do you also also have to like use your eyes and your mouth at the same time to watch the kid? You just need one of those. Use your eyes. No, and they, then, they need to concentrate, though, on the baby. Concentrate to make sure it doesn't die. It's a full-time job just to make sure this person <laughs> doesn't die. Or wreck your stuff. They love wrecking stuff. D- uh, isn't that what cribs are for? You can't put them in a cell all day long. They have to get out and roam around and, like, learn motor skills. Oh, so they get out and roam around. So what if they're roaming around at night, huh? They're suddenly on their stomach and sudden infant death syndrome. you get them out. You take them out of the crib and put them down and then encourage them to grow. You guys make me so mad. You guys are such experts about babies. Why don't you guys just go have babies? (laughs) This isn't even expert stuff. What's the solution to the baby problem? Just so this is don't. always where his problems fall apart. <laughs> no, okay, Dick. Which should just be a children of men scenario. Ryan, this is the biggest problem in the universe. It's not the biggest solution to the okay. biggest problem in the universe. Sure. I have no idea. You know, here's here's my solution. Be rich enough to hire someone to to raise your child. Uh, like a nanny, a full-time nanny or something. Then that way you can go live your life, go to the comedy shows, go to bars, whatever. Like go, like just <laughs> comedy shows and bars. <laughs> Number one thing you do with your freedom, <laughs> not travel. <laughs> travel too, sure, sure. <laughs> as long as there's a comedy, comedy show. <laughs> yeah, you travel to a comedy show. Come on, guys, and you take a, a delightful form of transportation. <laughs> Apparently, for poor people, bikes. Uh, you just ride your bike. Why? Why am I the only one living in this universe? Why are you guys? Why am I so weird about this? About babies? Yeah, you guys. Are I the honestly weird ones. think it's the pressure. I think you can't handle the pressure of fucking up with a baby. I don't want to fuck up. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of pressure. I don't even. I don't even want to do things that that like stress me out. Like in my real like day to day life. Like, like if I go to the, how stressed do you get about not fucking up a website? Imagine how you would be about <laughs> fucking up a human being. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. She texted me a picture of a baby today, and I just said, "Ew," didn't I? Oh, yeah. oh, watch out. Oh. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. They're yeah. gross. Was that They're the right? Gross, right? They're gross. And have you ever seen a barely newborn? It's the grossest thing. Like, everybody posts that picture right when it came out of the oven, right. and it just looks like an, an amoeba. Uh, well, like, a, like on TV, they use like a six month old, and it's like all yeah. oh, nice, and it's yeah. got like hair yeah. and features. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like, Clean and then so you see it on bit. TV, you see it on Facebook, and it's like, why would you show anyone this? Yeah. You know? And does your baby do any tricks? Or does it, like, it's just boring, a boring baby. Well, Another for, bo- like, three months, they're, like, nothing. They're right. just poo. When are you okay with kids? Like, at what point? It's a good question. When am I? Like, at you- what point are they not babies and then you don't hate them? Like, are, are, is, like, a toddler okay in your book? No. A well-disciplined, like, five-year-old. Five, I won't go lower than five. A so well-disciplined five-year-old. If they can wear, like, a suit with a little clip-on tie at that age, like, you see those little suit stores, like, mm. kids' suits, they're about five. No, I'll give you an example. So my I have a uh, my brother was uh, got to a point in his career where he's very successful, very high up. He and his wife, both executives at companies, they had a beautiful house in in uh, in the hills in, over over the Bay Area, and they got to that point in their lives where they decided, uh, okay, we've made it. We, we're doing we're doing well. What's the next step? How do we challenge ourselves? And they decided one challenging thing they could do is try to raise a, a good family. Uh, which is, I agree, yeah. Is this their phrasing of what happened or your interpretation of what they did? No, no, his, his phrasing. He actually told me this. Okay. He said they, he wanted to challenge himself, right? So they decided to have kids and try to raise great kids. And guess what? They're fucking killing it. They, I mean, not the kids, but they, they're raising their kids well. They're kids. kids. <laughs> Are they just satisfied? one kid after another? Yeah, just like they're up to number four right now. <laughs> yeah, their kids are great. They're so well disciplined. They sit at the dinner table. They ask if they can be excused when they're when they play video games too much. Like on the dot, to the minute, they say, "Okay, you're done playing video games." They say, "Okay, mom." They pack up, go to the room. They clean up after themselves. They put the dishes away. They do their chores. They're awesome kids. They do their homework. These kids are well mannered. They introduce themselves. That's what pissed me off about kids. You go to someone's house, a well, kid comes up to you. Like you said, you introduce yourself to him. Hi, I'm Maddox, and the kid just looks at you like an idiot, and then pu- and then puts his face in his mom's dress. What? Are you- How <laughs> dare he? Yeah. Treat me, treat me like another human. Another human is present, idiot. <laughs> what if I? What if adults did that? What if like you went to a business meeting and someone introduced themselves? And you just like went for, like put your put your face in someone's dress. Rob Ford did that when I met him. You met Toronto Mayor Rob Ford? No, it was just convenient. The line. Oh, Jesus. How about this, <laughs> Maddox? 
<laughs> Children, lower your blood pressure. What do you think about that? Uh, that's Babies. a lie. I'm no, my blood no, pressure. No, I got I got a fucking study over here, dude. That's bullshit. Do you really? What's that I study? do really. What's I, the source? Uh, oh, shit. I didn't Policy print that. Policymike. Mm-hmm. Policymike.com. <laughs> Wait a minute. Brigham Young University. Oh, yikes. I got it from Brigham Young University. Well, well, well. Okay, that might be a fuck up. Uh Um, Family capital of the world. Brigham Young. Provo, Utah. That place is bullshit. (laughs) All these stats I printed out now look really specious. Yeah. Brigham Young University. Familywatch.org. Parents Television Research Council. So your brother's experience, has that made you think about uh, wanting to have a kid? Because just for the challenge of it. Yeah, so there are some variables like here. Like it's a fucking video game? It is. It's a, it's a challenge. Like you want to raise a successful family, you want to do it well, and you want to have all the pieces in place, right? So I, the, these are the pieces I think that you need to have in place. You need to have a stable relationship. You need to have money, and that's about it. To have a baby. To have a you yeah, need to have, have good a, genes too. Three. Okay, yeah. good genes helps. Good genes helps. And then maybe not invite your friends over who are nervous about carrying the baby because I might drop it. Yeah. Don't hand me your baby, people. I don't want to be friends with you. They insist. They push it on. Hey, hold it, hold it. Uh. And then if the baby cries, I don't know what to do. Oh, God forbid, it shits. Oh, the worst. I, I want to see you hold a baby. I got to see you hold a baby. I'm sweating. I'm so nervous and angry and upset right now. I don't even. I'm not. I'm never gonna hold. I'm never. Is there gonna a hold. doll in here? Do you have any dolls? We can see you hold one. Why would he have a doll no, in his house? Doll in the closet. Wouldn't that be so weird? <laughs> oh, here it is. I do have several several issues of Seventeen magazine, but no dolls. <laughs> Which I brought in for research a couple of. Okay, don't look at me like that. So babies go. are the biggest problem in the universe. <laughs> Damn right they are. So you guys better vote, vote that up. Um, okay, so let's go over the problems. Let's go over the problems. TSA. TSA. The TSA is an out of control bureaucracy. And it's a big uh, fucking waste of money to ruin right? flying. And Ryan? Media, we can't trust anything we see, watch here. Outrage, Outrage porn. porn. Outrage yep. porn. Right. That's manipulating us. Absolutely is. And mine is babies. So tune in uh, next time. Vote for these problems on the biggest problem in the universe.com. Do Thank you, you for pitch yeah. anything? Do you want to promote anything? Yeah. What, what Talk should I about say? your next book. What do you got uh, coming yeah, out? So I got Trust Me, I'm Lying, which came out. It's taught in a bunch trust of journalism me, I'm lying. schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trust um, me, yeah. That was with the Haro lying spree. Yes. That sounds really funny. Yes. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Ryan Holiday. I have a new book out uh, that's about stoicism, which is Roman philosophy. That came, that's called The Obstacle is the Way, and it came out in May. It's, it's got great really reviews, well. too, by the way. I Thank just People love it. And uh, that was actually kind of my introduction to Stoicism. I, I took a philosophy class in college, but I didn't really, we didn't cover Stoicism. So I started, oh, nice. reading, it, I started reading about your, your excerpts and some of the comments, Thank and I started Wikipediaing it and looking this up, and it's yeah, really fascinating. Guys, I know a lot about Stoicism, too, all right? Oh, yeah? Yeah. What do you know, Dick? I'm smart, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you got some Brigham on studies. You tell us. You tell Ryan and I what it's about. You know, I don't want to show off. I don't want to show off. Let's not. Let's not do that. That's very stoic of you. Thank you. I was going to say that. Uh, (laughs) I was right about to say that. All right, great. Well, we'll link to we'll link to your books Thank and you. your Twitter account on uh, yeah. on our on our website. Uh, check it out and uh, don't forget to vote on these problems next week. For sure. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming in, Ryan. <laughs>